Hello and welcome back to another episode of Vikings Happy Hour, sponsored by Lake Monster Brewing, Eastside Jiu-Jitsu, and That's Badass Word Art. Remember to use promo code CTPOCKET for 20% off any one item at That's Badass Word Art. We're back, guys. This is our first live show since probably the draft when Ryan showed up uh, super drunk and sauced. Made people upset. <laughs> was upset by the Makai Blackman pick. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's good to be back. How are you two doing? Living. Living. <laughs> we got some people in the chat already. Damon. What's up, Viking fans? He goes, he's fired up. You heard Tay Gowan was turning heads today. That's probably Luke, hey, uh, Luke Braun dope. stuff. Luke Braun was tweeting out a bunch, bunch of stuff about him. But we got a lot of uh, talking points today. I think it was a good Jerome. day of practice. Um, kind of, you know, it's the second week. It's it's hard to read in to to kind of the the performances here. But but let's get into a, a, a couple guys um, hey, that have kind of up. stood out. Damon said, "Slow your roll, homie." What's up? He was in the building. Get it right, son. Oh, apologies. He said, "I." He said, "I am the source." <laughs> <He's> a, <laughs> I am the source. I am the all source. Right. All right, Damon. Who else? Who else was standing out? Throw it in the chat for us, because um, all we have to go on today is Twitter, since none of us uh, were really out there. So, uh, I'm just going to start off with the most obvious one. It's one that we all kind of uh, were happy about back in April when he was drafted, but it's it's Jordan Addison who uh, has just really been playing super well. Um, you know, the clips that you see of him are exactly kind of like what we anticipated. Um, but really, and I have a clip here from Kevin O'Connell that I'll play, but just the the nuance of the, of the position and how he's standing out. Yeah, they, he's off to a really good start. Um, you know, completely put the... Uh, his his issue from the spring behind him. He's he put in the work throughout the summer, so that was really not something I was particularly concerned about. Um, but what he's done on the grass so far is, is confirm a lot of the things that we uh, we expected from Jordan. Um, he's also done some things instinctively, uh, just playing football within the confines of our scheme. Whether it's a scramble drill, people probably saw that that catch in the corner of the end zone. That's you know him improving with a with a 12 year NFL quarterback to be in the right the place at the right time. Uh, and he's done that on little things. He's showing a willingness to be a blocker. He's showing understanding of how he fits within the scheme and the rhythm and time of the quarterback in the past game. So I'm really excited about him. It's incredibly early in his process and making sure he knows the daily, the daily goal of just having the best possible uh, Tuesday practice he can have. And then, you know, we roll right into the next day. And before you know it, uh, that compounded gains, you know, starts to really look like something not only he can be excited about, uh, but the confidence level his teammates and coaches will have in him will be really something that he's earned. About him over this past year. Yeah, they, he's off to a really good start. That was a long soundbite now that I, I just played it back. but uh... It's all good, though. <laughs> I don't think anyone's going to complain about hearing wonderful mm. things about Jordan Addison. No, no. What do you guys think about that, though? I thought it was funny that the spring was mid-July, but, you know, <laughs> that's funny, but... No, like for me, I, are you I think talking Jordan about Addison, like his his mix up? Is that what you're saying? Well, yeah, because because Kevin O'Connell said uh, he he he's passed his like uh, issue in the spring, and maybe he was talking about the back I, issue he had. Yeah, I think he was talking about uh, the injury, but yeah, go the ahead. Injury? Oh, okay, okay, that makes more sense. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, no, no, it's good to hear. Like, I mean, I think we always 
Jordan Addison was the guy I wanted the Vikings to draft at 23 uh, receiver wise. And I think he, he kind of fits the bill of what I thought they, they could use. And I think he's showing that um, this early so far in camp. And I think with the pads on, he's just showing even more that he's an instinctive player. That's smooth. He's a good route runner. He knows how to create separation, get open. Um, and I, I think they're going to be able to utilize him in a lot of different ways um, that'll complement what the rest of the pass game can do in JJ, TJ Hawkinson and, and KJ Osborne. So um, again, I'm just excited to see, to see him continue to progress and, and grow in this offense and kind of see um, he'll probably get, I wonder if he'll get some early reps in preseason games. Um, I'll be curious about that, but just the early part of the season too, like how involved they'll have him be the first couple of weeks and see if he's ready, ready to go like full go or not. You want to risk that? Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Ryan. Ryan. Ryan, oh my God. My question wasn't great. So if you had a better one, I was just saying, would you even risk putting George, Jordan Addison out there, especially with the injury from the spring? I mean, I, I think you could throw throw him out for like a, a drive or two. I don't think that's a series or two. I don't think that's a big deal. It's, but no, he shouldn't be like a, a rookie like Zim would do where he's he's playing him like, you know, too many snaps in a game and, you know, that yeah. type of thing. He's He doesn't need that. And especially these uh, – was it starting – was it week two of of uh, preseason they'll have um, the uh, inter-squad scrimmages? Like, he'll get a lot of reps in those. And so he probably shouldn't even need to see reps in preseason games because of that type of stuff. Um, but I'm just saying, like, if they wanted to throw him out, having a, a, a series or two just to kind of get his feet wet in an NFL game, that type of thing, um, that atmosphere – is different, so I, I don't have any issues putting a rookie out there for a, a player or two or a series or two. All right, Jason, what was your question? I was just going to ask Miles how he thought that uh, – because, like, last year, second half of the season, Hawkinson kind of, you know, was the de facto second target. And Addison coming in, just the way that, you know, it looks like he he's really everything that you said he was going to be uh, now that he's out there practicing against, you know, NFL players. He's still out there balling, still toasting folks. I'm just curious – for your thoughts on like how that target split might look next year. Like, do you see Addison coming in like right away and demanding targets for himself? Or do you see it being something that's a bit closer as the season goes along? I think, I think he's going to have to earn it early in the season. I think it'll definitely be JJ and, and Hawkinson and, and even KJ Osborne as like the first guys. And I think Addison's just going to have to earn it on the field. Um, now I think he's the type of rookie who's, going to build that trust up and build those opportunities up as the season goes. But I think early on, especially it'll be those three first um, with, with him mixed in. Uh, and I think he'll see plenty of run and plenty of opportunities, but obviously I think he won't see like the lion's share of an opportunity probably until the season goes on or obviously knock on wood, you know, if an injury happens or something, but um, like he, he's definitely a guy that I think they want to get involved early, but they're not going to feature him the way that he might, you know, at the back end of the season or even into a sophomore year. Awesome. I'm just so excited for like all of these weapons. Like, I don't think we've, we've quite had a solid one through four option to throw to for a quarterback in, in God knows how long, like it was always kind of digs Thielen, mm-hmm. Rudolph Rudolph. And then, you know, whoever else. That was but, a good trio. That was a good trio, but you're right. They didn't, they never had that like third, fourth guy that could really go on and, and create a mismatch. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. And I don't know if you've seen some clips too, just even of Josh Oliver out there. And I know I'm, I'm trying not to just like 
go full on fanboy on the bit here, but when you watch the highlights and you haven't seen football in God knows how long, <laughs> it, it you just there's just something inside you that's just like hell yeah, it's it's football season. But Josh he's Oliver, big. he's big, he's big, and he just manhandled Marcus Davenport yesterday on a on a run play. That's yeah, gonna help. That's that gonna one. help the run game. Yeah. <laughs> that's gonna help the run game in a big way and they need that like they really need that on this yeah. offense the run game needs to be better should the we defense. ask our insider damon how uh like I, I was reading that you know uh madison hobbled off the field like mm-hmm. we good not good damon has anyone read anything do we know what's going on there well he's asking us right now if uh if we're feeling that cousins mojo from last season because um, he's more comfortable. And I think a lot of people kind of think that this offense is going to be a, a top offense in the league. Hell, we even had There's Flip no- on the show the other day, and he was saying that he was excited for Kirk Cousins, and that that's saying something. <laughs> <laughs> There's no reason the offense shouldn't be really good. Like, that's never been. Yeah, the offense should be good. Yeah, Miles. Yeah, like- <laughs> <laughs> Dad duty. Yeah. I didn't get him. I didn't get Isaiah Milk apparently, so that's my bit. <laughs> no. Um, no, Kirk Cousins mojo. Uh, I mean, I don't, yeah, I'm not we, sure. I know, I'm not sure I know what that Jay, is, but I expect Jay, the offense what, to be what, good. Hey, Jay, what you said in our group? <laughs> <laughs> hey, like, are, we, uh, are they going to hey, get him Jay some new chains hey, this season? Yeah, he's fed up, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think Kirk's going to be Kirk. Like, Kirk is, yeah. if anything, you can say about Kirk. Kirk is a professional through and through and through and through. Yeah. He's going to come to work ready to do what he needs to do. And something that's always like we've always said is that the more weapons you get around any quarterback, the better that they're they're going to play. And Kirk is going to go. He's going to make the right decision. He's going to make the right reads. And to to Matt's point, like there's likely going to be someone open for him all the time, given the way that this offense is going to be constructed. Um, And I mean, based on the way the defense looked last year, like we're going to we're going to need that. We're going to really, really need this offense to be like a top five type of offense in the league. And like, they have the weapons to do it. They continue to be looking to invest in the offensive line. Like, you know, so I mean, they, they weren't great last year, but like they're investing heavily in it. They're still bringing people in. So uh, yeah, I expect Kirk Cousins to do really, really well. And I don't think that any of us should be satisfied with anything less than like exceptional play from Kirk Cousins all season, given everything that's been put around him, which is all anyone has ever said, like get him all of this and he's supposed to ball. So the expectation is that he balls. We didn't get to talk to you guys about the Daniil Hunter stuff, but well, I talked with Miles, but Jason, we didn't get your your view on it. What is your view on that Daniil Hunter thing? Because it definitely seems like they're down to be competitive this year, but beyond this year is a big fat question mark. I think when we had Eric uh, Eric Eager on the show, I think he summed it up like Casey uh, Quasi's playing like. What Eric would have called like the long tail of the probability. So like they're not tanking. The Vikings aren't going to tank. That's not a thing. Um, it's not going to happen. So if that's what anyone's expecting or hoping for, like they've already let us know that that's not going to be a thing. But it's also a somewhat long shot for them to be like a Super Bowl team this year, just based on like what the defense looked like last year. You know, new scheme, all the moving pieces. But if things hit just right, they could be very good. Like the offense is great, should yeah. be great. The offense should be great. And we've seen Flores and other places make miracles happen. And so, like, there's a chance that this team could be in the ranks of the elite teams 
in the NFL this year. Like that's actually like a possibility. And I don't think that's something we would have said it like last <laughs> off season or even the <laughs> off season before that, but like, there's actually a chance that that could happen in this upcoming season if things fall right for the Vikings. So Quasi seems to be giving them a chance for that to happen, but there's also a chance that it could go the other way as well. And like, it's almost like the Vikings can't really lose. Cause if it goes horribly bad, then like, they're in a better position to potentially get their quarterback of the future and all of those sorts of things. And so it feels a bit like for this season, they're kind of trying to play both sides of it. Where like, if it all goes right, then hooray, you know, we make a deep playoff run, but if it all goes bad, like, yeah, we got a bunch of dead money. We're going to eat next year. And like either a rookie or a veteran who's not very good will likely be here. And like, we're going to be kind of suspect next year, like the season after. So Yeah. I'm That's fine like, with it. He's a great player. He's not like he's a great player. He gets more money, which is good for him. Gets to get into the market, hopefully after a healthy season. Also good for him. And like we get to watch him play for another season. Good for us. So like, and it's to not be mad like he like him. broke. It's not like he broke the bank either. And I know yeah. it's a lot of money. I'm not, but like it's not like they were like here's 25 million. They didn't even give him a multi-year deal that like that created like long-term uncertainty or like cap like that created like less cap flexibility like. The, yeah. Everything they the Vikings this offseason and Crazies wanted to do is continue that flexibility beyond 2023, and I, this still does that. I don't know what the I don't know how much he might have pushed some of his like 2023 money into 2024 with the with the um uh what does he have? Voids. He had the uh what's that? You say the void years or the void? Yeah, years? yeah, the void year. I don't know. We don't know the, like the details if he pushed or how much they might have pushed into the future years, but um, we haven't way, gotten should, those. Volumes, no, we exactly. have we, we haven't, but I would assume it. You know, hopefully it's not too much, but either way, it's still that like keeping that flexibility for 2024 and beyond, so that they can continue to build around the guys like JJ, Darisa, you know, all those younger younger guys that are like elite level top right. tier that aren't, haven't even hit their prime yet. And Daniil's kind of on that back end of that prime, so I can understand why Quazy was hesitant to give a deal beyond this year. You guys, by the way, had like the exact same response, Jason. Yours to the to Miles's on Monday or whenever we recorded that podcast. So that was kind of funny. Um, Nick says, "What if they just stay the same though? Like just middle of the road, the last like the last few years." You think Quasi's job is like? No, you don't think his leash is short. If last year, last year bought Quasi time, guarantee. Yeah. Like, there's no way it. Because what him and KOC did last year, winning 13 games, even if they got booted in the first round, is they showed ownership that the biggest <laughs> issue was the the current regime, the old regime. Like whether and we and I think we all believe that it wasn't just like Zimmer and, and Spielman as like the yeah. only issues, what whatnot. But clearly, the margins were better last year with Quazy and, and KOC and the coaching staff. So I think they proved that there's opportunity to, to then you know, extend that leash, but also like give them those opportunities to rebuild a roster in an unconventional way because crazy doesn't want to rebuild it in this, like staying in the middle ground, but he has to. And so he's kind of just making with what he's got. And I think he's doing a pretty good job with it. Yeah. I think that's a great point. And it's even like the way I think that they're going to look at the defense. Just like, you can see it kind of going that way. Uh, I can't remember who said it in the group chat, but like looking at maybe like a Kansas city sort of model and for what you're going to do on defense where like, acknowledging that you know offense wins in today's nfl so we're gonna spend a lot of our money on that side of the ball and we're just gonna take shots at like high upside 
players on the defensive side of the ball. We're going to get a lot of young athletes in here and an aggressive scheme and kind of just see what happens. And like, you know, with that, you can get like the highest of highs if it all clicks on the defense, <laughs> but you can also get it going the other way if it doesn't. Um, but I think we're going to see the team like take bigger swings than they have historically, where it felt like in many ways, like the old regime of the Vikings played to like that, that middle ground was like, okay, because like, we're not getting embarrassed. And like, that seemed yeah. to be like the biggest fear of like the old regime is like something going horribly wrong where it seems like this regime is more willing to take some swings on things that might not work out, but if they do hit like the upside is going to be really, really high for them. And I think that's all many Vikings fans have been looking for is like, let's take some actual shots to see if we can get in there and like win something versus like, just trying not to be bad all the time. Well, and Jay, to that point, those swings aren't like we saw with the old regime. The swings were like, here's a second round pick for unique for a rental and unique Agakwe. Here's a fifth round pick for a fucking unknown kicker punter. <laughs> right? Like, what well, we're crazy's what crazy's taking it like besides the Jalen Rager was a little pricey, but like that wasn't anything that like truly has a negative impact long term. But he's not making swings that like hurt them long term. He's not sacrificing anything truly long-term to take some of these swings. He's taking, he's signing short-term deals and for free agents. He's doing, you know, he's being very calculated in, in how he's making decisions where I felt yep. like Rick had to, Rick was being a little bit more like literally pushing chips consistently all in and trying to like make up for some of the areas by staying expensive. Whereas I think Quasi's done a good job of reformulating the entire roster where it's like, it's not like just a truly top heavy roster anymore. There's a little bit more of that middle, that middle tier. That's like better than the middle tier that we had a couple of years ago. And so you start raising the floor of that whole team because those backups and those third strings are actually NFL caliber players that can step in and play a couple of games. If you need them to, they're not, they're not just like truly replacement level. They're solid depth players with potential. And that, that I think is, is really important. And one thing that I think gets missed and kind of where like the Vikings are going is they're, how they're retooling this roster. And there's, there's a long-term vision in a lot of those moves too. Like even, even back to free agency in their first year, right. When they, they, when they made the signing for Johnny Munt, not a, you know, starter, but they signed him to a, what was it? A, a three-year deal, two-year deal. No, it, was a, it was a two-year, like, but like a, a vet minimum deal for both years. Right. And that like, that's a smart move, but even the TJ <laughs> Hawkinson move. is. <laughs> amen yep let's go damon (laughs) our jj addison tj and madison a top five seven offensive unit Um, chance to be they could be yeah i think it would be see i'm gonna say like what what metric are we looking at like i i would say that you know it's very possible that like they, it's, the hope is that they don't get a chance to be by raw numbers because we're actually winning games and bleeding the clock. So like, I guess it depends on how you want to look at it. But I think potential wise, absolutely, they have a chance to be dominant just based on the skill that that all of those players have and the potential there. And yeah. if Kirk, uh, you know, Kirk's mojo, if if that's what we're calling it now, is like Kirk is locked in because that's the other thing. When Kirk is locked in and like Kirk is like playing well, like Kirk is as good as I won't say any as many of the top kind of tier of quarterbacks. He's not in the Mahomes tier, you know, he's not Joe Burrow, but like, you know, maybe like, you know, the next group of folks under there when he's dialed in and like with these weapons, you know, 
I think but some yeah. of it also is going to come down to Kevin O'Connell. Like, as Kevin O'Connell continues to, to grow and develop as a play caller, like, there were definitely some places, I think, last season where, you know, things maybe got a little too cute. <laughs> uh, yes. And so I think that'll be a place as well where it's it's, it's not just going to be the, the players. It's going to be everything around them and how that development goes as well. Did you guys hear about the the report that Cousins had like that half hour? Not it's not a presser, but just like speech to to the team, and they just they just were wowed by it. Did you hear about that? I mean, yeah, I feel Kirk's a smart dude. I think Kirk's like one of those guys. He he has like a, this like coach mentality to him. <clears throat> so every time he speaks, he sounds like a coach. He sounds like you know, and I think players resonate with that because it, it, it can be relatable. And obviously coaches love that because it's like having another coach in the field, but like Kirk gives that energy though. He's get, he gives that, like, he may not be this like huge rah, rah guy, but he definitely gives that, like, he's super intelligent. He knows the game. And like he, when he talks ball and he, and he, and he talks it in a way that like he can relate to his teammates. I think that's when you saw last year, he really was able to like shine a little bit more is because his teammates felt like they could actually relate to him. I could yeah. be wrong. Like, that's just from an outsider's perspective. But Kirk has always, at least from my perspective, felt like it's been hard to be relatable to him. And I think there might have been some of that being held back from the old regime, whereas I think O'Connell and things kind of just, like, let him embrace who he is and, and the type of person, player, all that stuff to combine. And I think that the team took it in a, in a different way as well. Have they yeah. legalized it in, in, in Minnesota yet? Because I feel yeah, like today. that's really – that's today. That's I feel Literally. like that's you know when when Kirk can today. just go home and pop a gummy or something and just like chill out is when the <laughs> team is really gonna, gonna go to the next you level. Know you know that man ain't doing that. <laughs> but yeah, uh, for real though. <laughs> let, let's uh let's talk about some of the stuff today at practice and get your guys' thoughts on that. So I'll just kind of go down the list here and you just jump in uh, on if you want to talk on any of these points. So Ivan Pace played with the first team defense today and actually got a shout out from Brian. Did they Flores. say where, which, which linebacker position he was playing? Uh, Damon said he was there. So <laughs> I, yeah, I've been, I've been, he said he's high right now. Hey, Damon's having a good time, man. Yeah. yeah that's Damon's, what I'm saying. Damon's doing it the right way. Thank you for hanging out in the chat. You too, Nick. No, uh, we like I would just be, yeah. I'd just be curious, like which position they have him slated. If it's, um hicks or if it's uh Asamoah's spot the, the middle linebacker the weak side linebacker well, spot so well well i did see troy die also was in on the first team uh replacing oh. hicks as well so maybe it was in Asamoah's spot but okay flores did kind of talk about he was he was asked the question about ivan pace being undersized as a linebacker and he pretty much was just like you know there are guys throughout the league that are undersized that still play well so just kind of squashing that you know whatever yeah but yeah uh, if pa- I, if, pace can be a guy, team. if he can be a guy that sticks kind of like a um who was the linebacker a few years ago that we had on draft out of cincinnati too um how am i blanking on his name uh he wore 50 wilson eric wilson like oh, if yeah. pace can kind of have that type of like um depth and you know line and uh special teams ability i think uh, that that's just that those types of players go a long way for teams because they're super cheap cost controlled for three, three plus years as a, as a, you know, undrafted free agent. And so like those guys go a long way for building a, a roster up. And so if pace can be even just that, that'd be huge. Uh, the other notes, Tristan Jackson injury today, who's carted off the field 
which what I presume is probably a season ending injury of some capacity. So that's unfortunate because I did hear that he was he was playing pretty well. And I think when we previewed the offense the other week, that was somebody that Brian called out as somebody who was looking forward to taking the next step. Um, Alexander Madison and Andrew Booth also got hurt today. Um, Andrew Booth is the one there that like, for me anyway, like obviously Madison is, is, you know, primed to to step into a a bigger role in the offense, but I honestly feel like if, you know, the offensive line does what it's supposed to, like we should be able to get by with kind of any of the running backs that we have now. Like none of them are going to be like a Dalvin cook type difference maker on their own. He's still out there. So yeah, yeah. Uh, but Booth Jr. is the one where like we, the secondary, like we need talent mm-hmm. back there, and like they need some of this young talent to hit. And like we're really running the the high risk, high reward thing with like the guys that we have left over there. So Booth is is one that you hope maybe they're just you know being cautious, just given the history. Uh, and you hope yeah. it's nothing serious because like we need, we need, we need those young, like we need all the young guys. That's the thing. We don't just need like starters. You need like all of them. Cause the like, cornerback's a place you got to have depth just uh, with the way things go in the NFL and the fact that people are going to get nicked and that they can't play the entire game. So like, uh, yeah. yeah. The thing I that's think it's sad- disappointing. Go, go ahead, Matt. Go ahead. I was just saying the thing that's sad to me about <clears throat> the Andrew Booth stuff is like, you know, people, fans will look at the the lions and their Jamison Williams situation right now. And like how he hasn't really lived up to the expectation because he's been injured and then the gambling stuff. And I think there was another thing the other day and the Vikings are like, Oh, we won that. But at the same time, we're sitting over here and Andrew Booth is, is kind of struggling. And even in the games he's played, we haven't really seen a whole lot from him. And so it's just like, it just kind of feels like a Mike Hughes situation to me. Like, oh no, hey, how, hey, how dare you? Miles hey, will not let that stand. <laughs> Are you still standing him right now? He's on like his eighth always. team. He's on the he's, he's on the he's Falcons. In, he's always on the Falcons now. Yeah, Wasn't yeah, he with the Lions yeah. for a, a stint last yeah. year? He signed a two-year deal with the Falcons. Um, that's my guy, <laughs> we need, man. We need the cornerback whisper <laughs> Zim to come back. I guess. No, well, so with with Booth, I think, I think. Besides the injury stuff, like you obviously want him to stay healthy. I want everybody to stay healthy. But even before that, it's it didn't sound like he was getting the same type of run as like the Mackay Blackmans, um, Caleb Evans, and all the other young cornerbacks. But obviously, Byron Murphy's kind of entrenched himself as the the number one corner. But he didn't he didn't really seem to be the guy that was getting some of those opportunities with the first team. Like it sounded like he was rolling with the second team, like you know, consistently. And that's I'm not saying that's like an awful thing. But you would have liked to see him get like Makai Blackman being a third round pick, a rookie, and he's already getting that those first team reps, you know, from jump. Yeah. And it just you just been nice to see in year two after recovering if 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 Booth could have just like had a little bit more of that to him. Whereas because like a Caleb Evans too, like he had injuries last year and he came in this year and he's already entrenched as what seems to be that like second cornerback. And so just would have been nice to see Booth get a little bit more. Maybe and it doesn't mean he's washed. It doesn't mean he's like a bust or anything yet. I think it's obviously still too early, but it just would have been nice to see. And maybe, maybe we will see, and hopefully he's okay too. That's obviously the biggest part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, even I, I think Joe Juan Williams is, is pushing for a lot of those reps too. Yeah. That's Andrew a Booth. pretty solid, like depth, like depth species, like probably dirt cheap. Yeah. Um, Do we think that's real miles? Like him getting the first team reps. You think that's, 
an indication of anything other than him knowing the scheme, or do you think that that's something that could be real? That that la, the la, the the former, where I think it's the vet knows the scheme, he knows, so he can he can go out there and play faster right away, and then the younger guys need to catch up, um, but the younger guys probably have a, a an easier opportunity to catch up and pass him. Um, but I think he's still good depth because he knows the the defense. He's hungry. He's obviously been hurt. And so I think there's that type of like, and he's, he brings a different element to that cornerback room that they don't really have. Cause he's that big physical guy. So um, like he's huge. And so I think that's a, just a different skill set to have. That's nice to have as like a, as part of your rotation, whereas like Booth and, um, and Makai Blackman and Byron Murphy are those like shorter, um, like um, shiftier type cornerbacks. And then obviously Caleb Evans is a little bit of that bigger type, outside type too. So um, I just think it's nice to have that variety. Yeah. <clears throat> um, yeah, I'm with Nick real quick. I'm on Nick. I'm with Nick on that. Like Andrew Booth was definitely like uh he was one of those guys that I think they they felt they there's potential. That, so they took a risk on the on the injuries mm-hmm. because he was considered arguably like a first round pick if the injuries hadn't happened. And so that and that doesn't mean he was gonna always he was gonna be or live up to it, but like I get why you take that risk. Like that position, you know, that Take those risks in, in in the second round. I got no issues with that. Yeah, uh, we've kind of gone through some some standouts here for for training camp thus far. Is there any other names you guys want to jump into before we go to some of the questions that we got, and then the Dalton Reisner rumors? <laughs> Let's hit these questions, man. All right. Yeah, so. uh, first one comes from uh, Nick Miller, who's actually in the chat with us this evening. Um, his question is outside of a Super Bowl, what's the next best case scenario for the Vikings through next April? Jason's already laughing. So I guess we'll let you we we'll let you take the lead on it. <laughs> what is the, do we mean like winning the Super Bowl? Can like the next range of options be like getting to the Super Bowl? Or is it like are we looking uh, at like range well, of outcomes? Nick's, Nick's here, he could clarify for yeah, us. Clarify for us here, Nick. Because like I know that there's like if we're looking at extremes, then like one extreme is you win it all. The other extreme is that you're so bad that like you're in the running for the top quarterbacks. I just don't know that the Vikings. It's possible for them to be. I mean, I guess yeah. I don't know that it's possible for them to be that bad. Like Kirk stays healthy. The floor of this team is similar to like the Adrian Peterson years. Like you're always going to be in that middle range as long as those people are playing. So yeah, uh, yeah. Super Bowl on the one end. I just don't see the other, like the bad positive range of outcomes being a thing. So it's like they win the Super Bowl. I think the next best thing is them having like a sustained run in the playoffs, like actually showing that, you know, they can actually one game go in two games. No, like I would, yeah, let's, let's say the I mean, championship game. I say, the, let's okay. say the championship game. Like I want to okay. see them like beat some good teams, or if it's not the Super Bowl, maybe lock up, like, I don't know, lock up a top seed or something like that. I don't know. Just something that shows that they're actually like a good team. Cause last year felt like some smoke and mirrors and like a lot of the lucky things going their way. So I think like if they don't win at all, maybe the next best thing for me would be them showing that that progression is happening and showing that they're like, they are for real. Like the margin of victories there, they actually have a positive plus minus at the end of the season, you know, like that sort of thing would be what I would say would be the next best thing outside of them, like winning it all. Yeah. Well, and this roster, and the, I mean, the, the schedule is a lot harder, at least on paper going into the season, than it was last year. So I think if they can prove that that, like, 
that they can sustain against the, this like schedule and do some of those things, that should say a lot as well. Yeah, I think kind of piggybacking on both of what, what you both said here, I just want to see like convincing victories this season. And like, I mean, you can have close games and I think that's fine. And, and you come out on top and you win. Right, like, it's you the feel NFL. Good. You can happen. feel good about those things, but there were too many games last year where it was just like, it, they weren't convincing to me to prove that we were a good team. And I would rather have, you know, a few more losses on this on, throughout the season and more convincing victories and like tough losses where we, you know, we just lose by a little instead of the blowout in Dallas or the blowout with Philly, like those kind of games last year. Um, so I think, outside of a Super Bowl appearance, uh, getting to the playoffs and just just kind of showing that you are a good team, I think for me is, is well, kind of where I'm at. How about this too, is the Vikings haven't been to the playoffs in back-to-back years since 08, 09. They're the, like, the Wild have done it. The Timberwolves have recently done it. Like, the Twins have done it. But the Vikings have not done it in the last decade. So, like even that in itself is a feat. Yes, I be- I believe they should. St- they they. It'll be easier now with the extra seed too, though. Sure, but it like should be. in general, it should be. But th- that hasn't always right. And um, but in general, like obviously, like make the playoffs. But like I, I want them to be better than that. But like they haven't made the playoffs in back to back years. Like that in itself needs to be a like <laughs> it's like a new goal. It's like sad, but like. <laughs> <laughs> that's just like something that they haven't done in so long. Like that, I think fans forget about, we get so ha- caught up in like, Oh man, everyone's down in the Vikings, blah, blah, blah. They're not good. Like they're like, they're underrating the Vikings and the Vikings like miss the playoffs and then they'll make the playoffs the next year. And then people are like, they're underrating us again. And then we miss the playoffs. And it's like, <laughs> all right, like if we build that consistency, then that consistency yeah, will do come something from the about media. it. Yeah. Do something about it. And so like, I don't know. I'm with you. I get what you, I get what you're saying. Um, if anybody else, by the way, in the chat watching has questions, feel free to fire them off. We're here for a little bit longer this evening. Uh, I might, I might have to bounce. Okay. Well, I'll take that. Miles Miles got to get the milk. Were you not paying attention? Yeah. Up the stairs. That ain't. Um, the other question we got was from Troy, uh, Klongerbo on, on Twitter. And he just kind of asked, and this can kind of segue into our, I know Troy. Pop. I went to I went to high school with Troy. Shout out. Did you really? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, there we go. He, and you uh, said his la- and you said his last name right. Troy did Klongerbo. I? Wow. Yeah. I feel like I should have like an applause button for me to. I mean, you control <laughs> the sound. You can do that. I can. Right, right. I can. I. All I have is uh. I'm gonna do it just because I have it now. You like that? You like that? <laughs> um, anyway, his question was, uh, "What is a Dalton Reisner?" contract going to look like or what is he going to cost and miles i think i'll let you take the lead on it because you had a good one pre-show well i think the tough part there is like this isn't like this is start of camp so the prices usually tend to go down um i think expectations were in like hitting free agency probably be in that like seven eight million range but obviously that didn't happen and so i would guess in like the two three four million range somewhere within that yeah. Um, sounds about right. I, I think he's he's obviously better than the vet minimum. And I think if he was vet minimum, he would have signed in with the Vikings today. Um, but I obviously I think he wants more than that. He wants more like financial security and also probably wants an opportunity. 
Um, and I think that is probably the biggest besides the money. I think the Vikings didn't sign him today because they couldn't guarantee him a, a starting job out the gate. Like, obviously I think he could come in and probably push somebody for a job. Um, but he would need to get up to speed. They're not going to guarantee him anything. And I think that's probably the, maybe one of the sticky points as well. But I think like a one year two like $3 million deal with an incentive to maybe play time incentive to get to like four or something like that could, would make sense to me. Do you look at the, the visit as concern for Ed Ingram and in Ezra Cleveland, or is it more depth or, I know I have my answer, but I'm curious to see what you guys think. Well, for me, it goes back to like kind of what I said earlier. It's like it's layering the – fixing the bottom of the roster and improving the bottom of the roster. And so I think it might have to do more with like Chris Reed and like Chris Reed's injury. We don't know the extent of it. I don't think anybody knows the details. Yeah. Um, but it was obviously a non-football injury. Um, but if he's out like for a significant amount of time or like they just don't believe he can come back um, and be like effective, then you obviously need to have that depth. But also, like, he raises that floor so that, like, he's not just a Chris Reed where, like, an Ed Ingram can hold him back even if Ed Ingram's not playing well. He's going to take those jobs if those guys don't play well. <clears throat> like, that's the difference between a Dalton Reiser and, like, Chris Reed or some of these other, like, depth pieces. And so I think that's um, another one there. You feel the same way? Yeah, I feel like Miles nailed that. Like, even just kind of looking on over the cap right now, like, you know, Chris Reed's at, you know, 1.5 mil. I feel like, yeah, somewhere in that range is where Reisner, fall, like a little bit above that. I think that's where, where he, where, where Reisner ends up coming in. Um, yeah. And, and I think a player that has shown over the last few years, I, I always end up going to like the pass blocking and like, it's been a decent pass blocker uh, for all of the years that, that, uh, that he's been in the league, you know, that is a lot more than we can say we were getting from some of the folks across that interior line. So, you know, if they are to sign him, I think like Miles said, he actually pushes some of the other guys that are there versus just a guy that's a body in case somebody goes down and you have to trot somebody out there, which again, just speaks to some of the flexibility that's being brought into how the cat, the, the roster is, is being constructed. And again, they're giving them themselves. They, they look to be doing everything they can to give themselves a shot for this season and then after this season, eh, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> but for this season, we're going to give ourselves a shot to do something, especially given that, you know, the division seems pretty wide open. Rodgers is gone. The Lions just are, 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 are supposed to do great things, but they're still the Lions. They haven't proven anything to anyone yet. The Bears are in the midst of a rebuild. So, like, if there's ever a season that we should make the playoffs, it should be this one, and then – kind of what we do when we get there is up to, you know, the coaching staff and everyone on the team. So didn't right. Yeah, Ry- oh, go ahead. Didn't Reisner play right tackle at one point in his career? He played right tackle called? and center and center. Yeah. Do you, do you, do you think that this move is, no. could be an indication of maybe no. Brian, Brian O'Neill? You just shutting it down, not even going to entertain it. Well, cause they got Brando, <laughs> they got, they got Oli Udo, like they got, they got a uh, uh, low. Okay. I don't, I just don't think like that's their worry. Like, I think in a pinch, if you had a riser and you needed him to throw him out at right tackle, I think that's a different situation, but, like, as an emergency. But I don't think they'd bring him in. Yeah, I don't think they'd bring him in to be, like, the, a backup tackle, though. Like, I just yeah. don't. That just wouldn't make sense to me. But Nick Nick made the, the comment about um, – I don't think this has anything to do about, like, Ingram. I think I think it's more just, like, again, having depth in it. It's not about not, them not having faith in Ingram. It's 
Ingram was very was was bad last year, and I think they're still committed to him being the starter. But they that leash is just so much shorter than it than it you know you'd like it to be, and yeah. it needs to be. Like you can't you can't give these guys long leashes just because they were second round picks. Um, and if he continues to really struggle early in the season, you need to have a solution for that. You can't just like let it. Oh, we just got to let him ride it out. Like no, no. If he's really like that bad again, then you need to have something to like to like improve there. You can't just like let it ride again. Like it's just not. It's just not one of those situations. Last year, you could let it ride a little bit because you're obviously winning. He's a rookie. There's a lot of different variations there. But right now, I just don't think you can just like let it ride if he's going to play poorly. And then yeah. also, I said I think Ezra Cleveland's in a contract year, so like that's something to consider with you know just bringing in someone like I, I would love if they were to bring Dalton Reiser in like a two-year deal, but like Wouldn't of that course be like, that'd be easier said than done. But like if you could do like a two-year, ten million dollar type deal, like. Something like that. Obviously, I don't. I doubt that would happen this late in the season, or in camp. But like in general, like if they could do that, then you know that you have someone solidified for the for next year because Cleveland is a free agent. But again, those are all things that that just feel unlikely. Yeah. Well, it's it's to be determined on uh, whether or not they sign Dalton Reisner as they let him kind of walk out the door, and I think everything's kind of fluid, but. I, yeah, I didn't believe, they say like it, nothing was imminent? Like, yeah, like I believe I saw was... Alec Lewis say yeah, that okay. he had more visits lined up. So it's, it's not just here, um, but it's it's that time of the year where these these vets can kind of pick and choose, right? They just go visit these teams and and feel whatever one feels best. It's what Dalvin Cook's doing. Dalvin Cook's on like a everywhere he goes, people are just cheering him on. You see the the Jets fans were just chanting Dalvin Cook from the stands, and then he just heads on down to Miami. So it's just, uh, it is what it is, but well, that's, a that's all I had guys on the schedule. We, we, we got through our, our two questions that we got, Hey, which you made it work though. We you did made it work. We did. And, and we'll look to do, we'll look to do more Q and A's as the season kind of progresses. So if you have questions, make sure you're following us on Twitter. Um, we'll figure out other ways that you can, messages questions as well but uh we look forward to the rest of this season and miles jason do you have anything else before we before we depart i just say if you're looking for a good time you probably want to hang out with damon but that's that's about it (laughs) (laughs) oh i guess we do have like somewhat exciting news again uh miles and i will be back sounds like friday with uh with josh metellus Yeah. Uh, again, he has agreed to come back and, and join and, and chat with us. And so that will we'll, be we'll, Friday. We'll tweet, that, we'll tweet that out when we get a little bit more info on that. But yeah, we're talking to him, talking to him today. Josh Metellus back on the show. Maybe Jason, maybe what, you can what day? join us. Friday, Friday. Man. I, I, I got to work my other job on Friday, man. You know, I'm at the gym. Which one? Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm at the so, gym, man. I'm at the gym. You can take 15 minutes in an office, right? Or just oh. we can you just put your phone up and. Yeah, we'll see. You know, do, do, do one of these and hope nobody falls into me. Exactly. <laughs> Too funny. Well, everybody, thank you for watching. If you haven't yet, be sure to like and subscribe, not only to the YouTube channel, but as well as wherever you get your podcasts, Spotify, Apple, you name it. Uh, tons more content coming out. Football is back, and it starts Thursday night. The Hall of Fame game starring Kellen Mond. There we go. <laughs> And so until next time, it's cool, Vikings.